What's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play today. In today's episode of Nerd Nostalgia, you're going to find Irvin doing an episode on Nerd News 17. I can't believe this is going to be number 17 of these. Also, this is the 99th episode, so that means we have a number 100 right around the corner. So very excited to bring that to you guys. I can't believe that 100 is almost here. So excited for this. Very awesome. Lots of nerd news to cover today, so let's jump into it. All right, y'all know the drill. Before we get started, here's a quick clip for you to enjoy. I'm Miho Nishizumi, and this is Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. And thanks for stopping by Panzer Vor. Welcome back, all you nostalgites. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Nerd Nostalgia Pad Podcast. The Podcast. Thanks for joining me, eh? I don't know why that accent kicked in, but it did kick in. I don't even know what kind of accent that was, but you're welcome. Anyways, let's jump to it. Thank you for joining me. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope your week is starting off well. I hope Monday was just absolutely awesome for you and that you absolutely crushed Tuesday. Anywho... Let's get into it. Let's start off with... That's right, you guessed it. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Let's talk about that intro, by the way. Go back and actually YouTube, Google the intro. It's kind of a rad uh, rad little song there. I really liked it. Anyways, I didn't play the whole thing for you, just the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers part. But there was a Power Rangers movie leak. Say what? So there's a Brazilian licensing website that revealed that a new movie was going to happen in 2023. Now, I could read you the Brazilian stuff, but I don't know what it says. So that's kind of big news there. So the leak comes from a Brazilian licensing convention website. Uh, This is via the Power Ranger and Mega Power Brazil, which lists 2023 as the release date. It looks legitimate, and you know I'm all for it. I think the uh, the originals are always going to hold that nostalgic place in our hearts. Obviously, hashtag all my '90s babies shout out. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. You know, are you excited for this reboot? It's been a while since the last one has debuted, and that one didn't really do as well as they wanted it to. I liked it, you know, for what it was. It wasn't quite the original, but uh, it, it was it was fun. It was a fun one. I thought uh, I thought they had a franchise there, but evidently not. So yeah, make sure you comment and tell me what you think. Switching gears, moving on to a little DC action here. We have some leaked photos continuing on with the leak trend. We have a first look at the Flash characters. We have a look at Sasha Kaya's character, which is going to be Supergirl. More than likely the Supergirl from either Superman Adventures 10 Cents or where I'm putting my money on, it's going to be... Injustice, Gods Among Us, Year 3, Issue 7, debuting in 2015. And the reason I say that is because the character looks exactly like the same one from this issue. Sasha Kaya's costume, outfit, whatever you want to call it, looks exactly, uniform? I don't know. Looks exactly like the one from this one. Uh, Short hair as well. So very excited. Uh, She's a dark-haired Supergirl 
from the future, evidently. So uh, exciting stuff to see what they do with this Flashpoint movie. I think they have a lot of the right ingredients, hoping that the directors and writers do it justice and they're not just pulling stuff out of their old uh, tushies there, you know? With these leaks, we also got a look at The Flash, but predominantly a look at Barry Allen, a.k.a. Uh, Etra, Urza, however you pronounce his name. And of course, Michael Keaton. We got to look at uh, old man Bruce there, which I'm thinking a silver. I don't know if the silver fox is like just his natural hair right now or if they extra fight it because old man Wayne in Batman Beyond looks this way. And, you know, maybe that's a hint at the future. Batman Beyond could be a thing. I still need to pick up an issue of that, but I digress. So, yeah, we you get a look at the main characters in that. So it's exciting stuff. Moving on to a little bit more DC action, a little bit more DC news here. We have Shazam! Fury of the Gods. They released the new suits and they look dope. All the actors posing, uh, the entire Flash, or Flash family, the entire Shazam! family looking dope in their suits. So, I like the upgrade. Some people didn't care for it. I personally was a fan. Switching paces, switching gears here, The Witcher officially released a trailer, like a little teaser trailer, and in that trailer, we get a debut date for the next Witcher season. In the trailer, you're going to get a lot of Geralt of Rivia, Rivia, sorry, can't pronounce that word, and uh, Princess Cirilla in of Sintra. A lot of interaction from them, so I think this season is going to focus on their relationship and expanding that, and then kind of expanding uh, Princess Cirilla's role, because... Well, I won't spoil anything for you. She has a, a journey ahead of her for sure. Moving on to some Marvel news. We have an official confirmation in earmuffs for the next 30 seconds. If you want to skip ahead, go ahead and skip ahead. Starting right now. So, we have a confirmation that Loki will return in Season 2. That's an official post credit scene at the end of Episode 6 of Loki. Number 1. Oh, oh my God, that uh, that last episode really moves the MCU forward, doesn't it? And gives us the next villain for the next few movies. So what I remember is Jonathan Majors from the HBO show Lovecraft Country debuted as the infamous Kang the Conqueror, or probably more likely an Immortus, but I digress. That's a whole other conversation in itself maybe one we'll have later on this week or next week maybe that's our topic of conversation but an important note about Jonathan Majors is that he is signed on for five different projects that's how I know that we're going to get Kang for the next few shows and movies so he's already been rumored to be the main big bad in Quantumania Ant-Man and the Wasp whatever that's called so that puts it at two projects number three He's probably going to end up being in the Multiverse of Madness as well. He'll probably be a version of himself in that, and they'll have to defeat him. That puts it at three, and then you have an Avengers movie, which you'll probably split up into two, right? Because you want to make it a six-hour ordeal to give it its due diligence. Boom, five different projects right there. In turn, this is going to lead right into Galactus and all of that jazz. Watch it. Mark my words. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on, let's talk about one of our favorite characters, 
a fourth wall breaking son of a gun. Let's talk about Deadpool. He officially released a teaser, like a reaction video, to a movie that Ryan Reynolds, who plays Deadpool, is coming out. It's called Free Guy. Make sure you check it out. Looks dope AF. Deadpool gets first MCU crossover in a reaction video with Korg. You know, you know that guy Korg. He uh, he's uh, kind of like reading, leading a re- rebellion in uh, in Thor Ragnarok, and he's a pretty pivotal character now. And you know, uh, he plays uh, Call of Duty. And uh, I don't know if I'm doing a good voice or not. I think that was pretty good. I don't know, but yeah, he uh, Deadpool kind of does his MCU debut in very Deadpool style, uh, breaking the fourth wall and making fun of that debut. So I'm excited for it. We'll see what uh, what ends up happening. I'm hoping they don't nerf the violence, that they don't nerf the Deadpoolness, if you will. Continuing on with a little bit of uh, Marvel news here, kind of, we have WandaVision director Matt Shackman. Shackman is going to be leading the next Star Trek film for Paramount. So not really Marvel news, but kind of, like, because it was the director from WandaVision. Anyways, which this movie is actually set to begin production in the spring, this upcoming spring, so uh, pretty fast-paced there, quick turnaround, WandaVision, obviously super successful, very awesome show, very out there, and so I think that uh, that caught a lot of people's eyes, and uh, they nabbed them. And now we officially have some Spider-Man news. So, through a toy leak, another toy leak, so Spider-Man No Way Home, there is a black and gold suit revealing a little bit more detail for Spider-Man, and it kind of looks like a fusion of a black and gold suit with, like, Doctor Strange's, like, powers, so they had leaked some other ones, there's a couple different suits, I think the black and gold was just the regular one, but then this new toy leak kind of shows some power, so I think we're gonna get a version of Spider-Man that is Doctor Strange as well? I don't know. That movie has so much potential. I'm I'm so curious to see what happens. And so now I know I've been discussing different uh, streaming platforms and what they're doing and all that kind of stuff. Let's talk about Netflix a little bit here. Something super interesting and really, really out there. I was not expecting this at all. They're planning to add video games as a service to their business model. So what they did is they hired Mike Verdu, Verdu, I don't know how you pronounce it. He was a former EA and Facebook Oculus executive, and he is now the vice president of game development to lead Netflix's efforts in expanding this. Oop, that was my text message, guys. I was going to edit that out, but decided to keep it in there just to showcase my nerdiness. Obviously, I was from The Mandalorian, but back to the news. So, pretty interesting that Netflix is going to do that. That's not something that I thought. Um, I'm curious to see how that uh, how that goes, for sure. Speaking of video games, Battlefield 2042 is going to end up getting cross-play. So, the current platforms that are allowed are going to be PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox, Series, XIS, whatever that is. And then the last generation platforms, PS4 and Xbox One. So, anything after that, sorry, you're SOL. However, the two different generations are going to be separated, which is super interesting. Uh, So PS4 and Xbox One are going to be the ones that are on their own. And then I guess on a different server, you're going to have PS5, Xbox Series, X, whatever, and then PC because they have different match sizes. So pretty interesting. Battlefield 2042. Haven't played a Battlefield 
game since probably Battlefield 3. To be honest, I'm not even sure that there has been Battlefield games since then. But that's because I have been lackluster in the gaming division. Switching back to the MCU, kind of a big deal. We had a couple things happen, right? So, Nerds ate really good the week that Black Widow debuted because that movie debuted and it was also the season finale of Loki. Huge, 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 huge implications from both events, shows, whatever. In Loki, we're getting a lot of stuff that's moving forward. We have the next villain for the next five movies or shows or whatever, at least in my opinion. But then Black Widow, interestingly enough, low-key just slips something in there that not a lot of people caught. And so we have actor Olivier Richters, Olive, Oliver, I don't even know how you pronounce that name, but whatever, who had a brief scene in the Black Widow movie as a massive, massive inmate who tries to arm wrestle the Red Guardian. Now, the interesting part is that this actor was actually playing Ursa Major, an X-Men character who can transform into a massive bear and is part of Russia's Winter Guard. So, Black Widow actor says he plays the MCU's first mutant. Interesting. Now, nothing is official. It could have been just an Easter egg that they dropped in there. But, did we just get X-Men introduced without us knowing? I think we may have. Now, obviously, we're going to have to get a lot more history and story and background on that, but pretty big stuff if it is, you know? Love the love the X-Men. A lot of people do. And speaking of Black Widow, one of the funny er, points, pieces of news here is that Florence Pugh was making fun of Black Widow's iconic pose to Scarlett Johansson offset or onset offset, like on the grounds, but not during shoots. And so it kind of became a gag, and so they kind of wrote that into the uh, script, and it made it such a big thing, which I think is awesome, because I think that gave Yelena a lot of character and, you know, humor to her. So I thought that was uh, pretty awesome, pretty funny as well. Now, back to Loki. We're going back and forth here right now. Seems to be the MCU hour. We have confirmation that the Loki director says she is not returning for season two, However, money talks, baby. You know, we never know what's going to happen. So don't don't hold that. It, she'll probably be back. Continuing on with the MCU hour here, we have confirmation that Blade, the new movie coming out, has found its director. Say what? Basam Tariq, who is known for directing a 2020 movie, Mogul Mowgli has reportedly won out as Blade's director. So pretty awesome stuff. The fact that they went through dozens of people and finally landed on this guy is uh, is very interesting. So I'm curious to see what ends up happening. Now we know that the writer from HBO's Watchmen is going to be on this project as well. So I think that's going to be a, a dynamic duo. I'm, I'm very excited for this and to see where that goes in the future. Speaking of great writers and switching out of the MCU, we have a... New update to the John Wick prequel series show that was supposed to happen. So the John Wick spinoff, right? We've talked about this before. 
uh, called the Continental, which is supposed to be about the hotel and, you know, assassins and all that kind of stuff and the rules and really diving into the mythos of the John Wick. And there's so much that they could go off of, right? Uh, it's supposed to end up becoming a larger budget series now. So set at about $20 million budget, it's going to take place as a limited series over three nights versus a just complete show. So super interesting that they're doing that versus a, a show. I'm curious to know uh, how, how long are they going to be? You know, it's going to be an hour, hour and a half, two hours. So at 20 mil, that's a good budget. So we'll see what uh, what they come up with. Oh man, I totally missed this about uh, Black Widow. Super interesting. The movie is currently sitting at 264 million worldwide with 132 million of that being from the US box office. After the second week drop, that was like a 67.5% drop. Also, one thing to note is there was $60 million made from Disney Plus's Premier Access $30 whatever the thing is called. You end up paying $30, you get access to the movies at that point that are debuting early. Unlike HBO Max that does it for free. Now, one thing to note is that a lot of movies, uh, Fast and the Furious 9, for example, see a 67% drop, rough about, right? from their initial opening weekend. And I think that just has to do with the fact that people are going to the movie theaters a lot less than they were originally. And so that sucks. Number one, go to the freaking movie theaters, guys. It's awesome. It's a, it's an old American pastime. I don't think it should go anywhere. I think it should evolve into something else, but I don't think it should go anywhere. So support your local movie theaters and start going to the movies again. But back to this, all these movies are seeing a 67% decline. So in the era of COVID, I'd say it's a successful movie thus far. Even though, personally, you can go and listen to where I think the movie stands. And I'd have to rewatch it again just to kind of put it in my head to see where it's at. But the person I went with, shout out to Eileen. She went back and saw it a second time and was like, mm, not as good as I thought. I saw what they actually did, but it was some of the initial thoughts that I have. I still think it sits at right at that 7.6, 7.8 range. Not quite that 8.0 or above. Definitely on the second half of the Marvel films to date. Now let's switch over to DC real quick. I have a Batgirl update. Isabella Merced, Merced, Zoe Dutch, Leslie Grayson, Haley Lou Richardson, are all in on the short list to play Barbara Gordon, HBO Max's Batgirl movie. Say what? So there's a short list out there. Uh, beautiful girls all around. Beautiful women, I should say. Apologies. So really interesting. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I have the utmost faith with Disney, not Disney, with Discovery and with HBO Max kind of controlling some of these shows. I think it's going to get the DC platform caught up and I think it's going to get people hyped on the DC bandwagon because HBO has a big following and they always crush their shows. It's rare that they have a flop. Speaking of DC flicks, Black Adam has officially wrapped production. So that's pretty exciting. I, again, am very hopeful for some of these movies and shows that are coming out. I think that uh, they're going to end up all tying in together. There's absolutely no reason you couldn't have a multiverse. There's no reason Flashpoint can't set that up for you. So, I think we have uh, I think we have a good future for DC here. I'm hopeful. I'm a, I lean more towards DC than I do Marvel, even though Marvel makes really good live-action movies, for the most part. 
But I will say this, DC actually makes better animated movies. There's so many good ones out there. Start off with Flashpoint Paradox. You can find so many. They make absolutely amazing animated movies, which I just blows my mind how they don't translate that over to live action. I'm like, you literally wrote the script, the dialogue, everything for these just translated over to live action and people will lose their shit. But speaking of DC, we have... Uh, a cast confirmation, Jamila Jamil has joined the voice cast of DC's League of Super Pets that's going to be debuting. She's actually a really funny actress. I've seen her in a few different things. One thing to note, Jamila Jamil has been cast as the antagonist in the upcoming She-Hulk Marvel series on Disney+, Plus, where she's going to be playing the character Titania. Uh, Mary McFerrin, I want to say is what her name is. Or I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's who she's going to be playing. So look at her going back and forth. So good for her getting uh, getting that work in. Grind it out, girl. Grind it out. And continuing on with Marvel here. And this is probably going to be my last little piece here. My last nerd news, if you will. There is a young man by the name of Park Seo Jun that has reportedly joined the cast of The Marvels. Now, I want you to grab your tinfoil hat and put it on real quick. We know that Disney is trying to expand in the regards of demographic. They are trying to be more inclusive, but they are doing that to broaden their viewership, right? You have a range of a six-year-old kid all the way up to a 70-year-old man because of comics, because of all the movies. So, quite a wide variety. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to target certain ethnicities and backgrounds. They've done it before. Perfect example, Black Panther. All black cast, or like 99.9% black cast, right? And it's it was a huge success. They are going to do it with different character via different characters for different ethnic backgrounds, which I think is absolutely awesome. Also, Marvel, where's my Latin representation? Please, come on, give it to me, baby. But that's a whole nother conversation in itself. So put your hat on. We just talked about this young man that's been cast right in the Marvels, Park Su Jun. Park Seo Jun. I don't know how you pronounce your name, bro. But he is likely going to end up playing a South Korean hero by the name of Taiguki. Taiguki, Taiguki. I don't know how to pronounce it. So, Tai for short, which is essentially the South Korean version of Captain America. And so, Kevin Feige, a while back ago, actually said that there is going to be more Asian representation. And it makes sense that they're going to target that market first because it's a very large part of the world. There are a lot of Asian people in the world. And so if they see that representation, that would make them more inclined to go watch Disney movies and in turn, more revenue, right? So I think that that's who this character is going to be playing. Now I could be off. I could be way, way, way off. That's where my money is going to be. So I have uh, personally invested in a few of the comic books from him. I had a couple just early on that I got at cover price. For those of you that don't know what cover price means, comic books usually start anywhere between 3 and $8. And so I got it at the $4 cover price that I got it versus 
on the secondary market. Let's say that book now is probably a $25 or $30 book, which will only continue to increase in price. I have three copies of it. One actually is slabbed uh, that I got on the cheap, in my opinion, and the other two are raws that I'm holding for the future. But I digress back to the nerd news. That's what I think is going to happen. So I think Kevin Feige is increasing the diversity and we are going to get uh, those Asian characters. So one character team, something also that you can invest in out there. Shout out to my comic book fam. You have the new agents of Atlas. It's an all Asian team consisting of characters like the new Incredible Hulk, consisting uh, or totally awesome new Hulk or whatever it's called. You have uh, Ty, like I mentioned before. You have Silk and a few other characters as well. So definitely something to look for, something to invest. I think uh, we're going to get a different version of superhero teams for the future, for those different markets, for those different uh, cultural, ethnic uh, backgrounds. And again, Kevin Feige, because I know you're listening to this, uh, please give me some some Latin representation. I would love, 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 love to see some Latin characters, specifically would love to see the White Tiger. I think you could go with the male and female versions. That's two characters right there. I already suspect that you're going to be debuting and sneaking Miles Morales in the upcoming movie. You already cast America Chavez, which, you know, good, good first effort there. I think if you do a Ghost Rider, I think you automatically jump into a Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. That would uh, that would you know help boost the uh, the Latino morale. As even though this is out of your control, but maybe you have some influence into it. You have a plethora of uh, Spider Girls, if you will, that you can get to. You have Anya Corazon, which is Spider Girl, or Aranya as well. You have Richter, you know, that kind of debuted in that Logan movie. And then one of my absolute personal favorites, my guy, Miguel O'Hara, which is a hybrid kind of like Miles Morales, right? Uh, a fusion of two ethnicities into one. Kind of love it. So Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. I just gave you a whole list of different characters you can use, my guy. Let's get a little, a little Latin love in the MCU. So that's it, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today on this Nerd News on episode 99, one before 100. <sighs> Mind is blown that we're already there, guys. Super blown. But please head over to Apple Podcasts. Drop that five-star. Tell your friends, family, and coworkers about us. Help us grow this audience. You know, we obviously love doing this. We love bringing you information about Marvel, about DC, about comics, about video games, all this stuff. This is this is our milieu. This is what we love to do. That rhymed. Awesome. Go me. So yeah, head over to Apple Podcasts. Drop that five star. We're also on Spotify, Amazon, Google, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll catch you on the next episode. And remember, stay nostalgic and stay nerdy, my friends.